Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Finding peace, accepting what is. In this episode, Eckhart talks with a live audience. He says, the world is not here to make us happy. It's here to make us conscious. So if we are looking for fulfillment in a particular relationship, job, or life circumstances, we may find disappointment instead. We find peace when we let go of the demand that people and situations should fulfill us. When we accept what is, it becomes possible to find freedom in the here and now. The world is not here to make you happy. If you believe the world is here to make you happy, you're in for a lot of frustration. Because then believe that your relationship is meant to make you happy. Then you believe that whoever you are with, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, meant to make you happy. Then you believe the place where you live is meant to be totally satisfying. The place where you work is meant to be totally satisfying, is meant to make you happy. So you, then you believe that any condition, any place, any person, any situation is meant to make you happy. And if it doesn't make you happy, there is something wrong. <laughs> that is an erroneous belief. The world is not here to make you happy. The world is here to make you conscious. And it can only make you conscious by challenging you. So all is well. <laughs> and as the world challenges you and makes you conscious, your so-called happiness, which is a somewhat maybe, I don't use it that much to talk about the deeper state, but the so-called happiness, you no longer look for it, to look, look to happiness to be provided by certain things or people in your life. And that's a great liberation when you realize this situation or this person is not here to make me happy, it's here to make me conscious. And then you become happy. It, something deeper arises that does not depend on what's going on there, whether a certain situation to being in a certain way. You become happy when you let go of the demand that people and situations and things should make you happy. Because if you interpret this on a superficial level, you might think, oh, that's a very negative thing to say, that the world can't make you happy. It's not. You just give up looking for happiness where you can't find it. But you can find it in yourself, here and now. But I don't call it happiness. It's called presence. And then, you meet the challenges of life through presence, and through the challenges, your presence 
becomes stronger and stronger. And even if you lose it completely through a huge challenge, then it re-emerges stronger. Sometimes presence gets obscured, can get obscured by some huge thing happening in your life, and then ultimately it emerges again and it's stronger. So without presence, no matter where you are, you will always encounter misery, ultimately, because the world is so frustrating. Relationships are so frustrating and difficult. And human beings are so difficult. Most humans are, as Jean-Paul Sartre said, hell is other people. <laughs> <laughs> and so, whether you're alone, you're miserable when you're alone, you're miserable in the relationship. There's one man who texted after breaking up with his girlfriend, texted, well, I don't know if that's what it was, but he texted, I'm so miserable without you, it's like having you here. <laughs> so that's your destiny if you think the world is here to make you happy. I mentioned one way of finding out how much progress you're making on the spiritual path, and that is how you deal with challenges in your daily life. Little challenges, big challenges. Of course, there are more little challenges than big challenges, but the big ones come occasionally. These are the external challenges. Then there, there are the internal challenges, and the internal challenges are the challenges that come through your mind. Your mind wanting to possess you completely. You're being challenged by repetitive, destructive and negative thoughts. Realize, don't confuse the two levels of challenges and, and think that what is a challenge that arises in your mind is actually an external challenge. Many challenges that you think are external are actually internal. There are external challenges, of course. You suddenly are confronted with losing your home, you're losing your job, somebody leaves you, or you leave somebody, or somebody close to you becomes ill. You become ill, that's a kind of external challenge. Even that I would call external. Or somebody close to you dies, a loved one dies, or has an accident, or you have an accident. These are challenges on an external level. But a huge amount of challenges, a far greater amount, actually originates in your mind but most people confuse that with an external challenge. In other words, many, many times when you think you're in certain situations that make you upset or angry, cause you suffering, when you look closely, the situation itself does not cause you the suffering, but the way in which your mind interprets the situation is how the suffering arises. And you can verify that for yourself anywhere where you get upset about a situation, about having to wait for too long somewhere, and you get, this is so upsetting, why can't they, can't they organize things better? Why don't, why shouldn't, they shouldn't be doing that. Why do they hire people like that? This is so, just, I'm, such an annoying situation. Okay, now this person has not separated the situation and their mental interpretation of the situation. It's an annoying, really annoying. 
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Okay, what's annoying? The fact that you have to stand here and wait for something? Or what your mind is commenting about it? Where does the annoyance arise? What is the annoyance? So in many, many instances, you will find when you separate a situation from what your mind is saying about the situation, suddenly you realize the situation is not challenging at all. It just is as it is. And if I breathe and look around, there's nothing wrong with standing here and waiting for something. But a minute ago, my mind says this was a very annoying situation and you felt the corresponding emotion. <laughs> I can't take any more of this. Why am, I, why am I even doing this? I can't believe it. You're being challenged not by a situation, you're being challenged by your mind. So a lot of the things in your life, including bigger things than just having to wait in line and be feeling upset, a lot of things, if you separate the narrative in your mind that judges a situation in a certain way, if you look at that as an interpretation or narrative or judgment, and then look at the situation without imposing the narrative on it, you suddenly see, well, this just is as it is. In itself, it's nothing. It's not annoying at all. The annoyance is something that I give to it. My mind, unconsciously, looks at it in a certain way and it creates suffering. So a lot of the time, you can be able to observe in your daily life, when you get upset about this, that, or that, it's not the situation that you find yourself in, it's the story in your mind about the situation is the suffering. And that of course is connected with identifying with thinking, being completely identified with thinking in the absence of awareness. When there's no awareness, that's the reality that you inhabit. To become aware of the narrative in your mind and being able to separate a situation and the narrative implies that there is already enough awareness in you to be able to do that. If there were not enough awareness in you, you would not be able to separate the narrative and the situation. They would be experienced as one. And so that's the essence of unconsciousness. So look at challenges very carefully. Is there a real challenge here? In which case, either you take action or you accept what is. Or is there a challenge that arises in my mind, is being supplied by my mind? 
what would this situation be if I did not think these thoughts about it? And even, even you can go back into the, your past and say, for example, I was deeply betrayed by my ex-partner, ex-wife, ex-husband. I was very deeply, deeply betrayed by him or her. On one level, that may be true. On another higher level, it's a story in your mind. And when you recognize that your ex-wife or husband or partner only acted according to their level of consciousness at the time, because no human being can act beyond their level of consciousness at the time of acting, then you see, well, that was their unconsciousness. And, and suddenly you're not suffering anymore because you don't keep alive in your mind the narrative that he betrayed me. This is a very painful thing. If you want to be free of that, you can let go of that particular narrative and just look at the events. And look at also, yes, at the time, we went through painful emotions. That's what you experience. And occasionally, you might still experience painful emotions, but if the narrative gets lodged in your mind, you will experience the painful emotion for the rest of your life. There might have been a place for the painful emotion in the moment of this thing happening, but by being identified with that particular narrative, you are forced to re-experience that emotion continuously because the narrative reminds you of it. Again, not being able to separate the situation and the mental interpretation of the situation. Awareness. Only awareness can free you of that. Only awareness can recognize that this is an illusion ultimately. So the, ch the challenges are the twofold, external and internal, and very often they are confused. They are not recognized, that you cannot separate them. This is vital to practice. And so that's one way of finding out how much progress you're making on the spiritual path. And the other is whether in your daily life you're able to have little moments of spaciousness or presence. Many little moments. How many little moments can you have of spaciousness or presence? Now, this could just be a moment when you look out of the window of your room for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, observe what's there, the sky, the tree, the cars, without labeling it mentally, so that the sense perception happens against the background of spacious presence. In other words, your mind is still while you perceive. That is progress on the spiritual path. If you meditate, of course, if you practice formal meditation, then that the aim of meditation is also to bring you to that point of pure awareness. And sometimes the act of meditating, if not done rightly, can be an obstacle in itself especially if you have the idea in your mind that you are practicing, that you're doing a meditation, which implies you need to get somewhere with your meditation. Meditation is not a doing, ultimately. Meditation, you can't really do a meditation. Meditation is the realization of being, which isn't a doing. <laughs> so the realization of being is another word for becoming conscious of yourself as presence.
So when you then look at something, let's, I'm just using as an example the visual perception, I could also use auditory perception, I could also use touch, but the predominant sense for humans is seeing. When you look at something, you can look at something without imposing interpretation. Are you able to do that for just a brief moment? Just, are you able to look around this room, take it in, and at the same time as being aware of what you are taking in, the sense perceptions in this room, you are also aware, let's do it right now, it's not a doing, but just have to use words. At the same time as you're taking in the totality of this room visually, and you hear the noise, my voice and any other noise, and at the same time, are you able to be aware of yourself? Not yourself as the person, not yourself as the historical person that has a name and a history, no. Are you aware of yourself as the underlying presence? Can you sense that presence that is the, so to speak, one could say, use an analogy, it's the canvas on which the sense perception is painted. So uh, can you be aware of the canvas, which is your presence, as well as be aware of the picture on the canvas? Whereas before, you were only aware of the picture the, on the canvas, or identified with the picture. But now you become aware of the underlying canvas. I recommend this very highly to pr practice that, don't demand that you should hold this for long periods of time and do it in a non-formal way, just as often as you can, especially when you're waiting for something. How many times are you waiting for something? Waiting is an important part of people's lives. Unfortunately, nowadays, waiting is usually filled with looking at your phone, your smartphone. Before the arrival of smartphones, you just were stuck with yourself. Now, of course, you can escape the situation of waiting by looking at your phone and then you're somewhere else. But if you can let's not give in to that, because there's probably nothing really important to look at, if you can use experience, the moments of waiting and transform them into presence, just look around and look in your room, be in your room, whether it's a hotel room or a room at home, sit in your room for just a minute maybe even two, if you enjoy it, it might be more. And look around and just be, feel your own presence as the presence of awareness. And that awareness, without that awareness, you wouldn't be able to perceive anything. So you perceive against the background of awareness, innocent perception in which you don't know anything, conceptually, but there is a deeper knowing there that is non-conceptual that to the conceptual mind looks like a state of ignorance. There's a depth suddenly, There's, you become deeper, the more you're able to access the dimension that is beyond thought, the deeper you become as a human being. And the more creatively you can actually think when you do use thinking, because then the thinking is connected to the deeper awareness and then can be inspired 
by that dimension, which is the dimension where all creativity arises. So if you want to become a better thinker, if you want to be able to use your mind more effectively, including using your mind to manifest, which the mind is a hugely powerful thing, you can manifest incredible things with your mind, but you can only develop a better, more powerful mind if you're able to get out of your mind. You become a better thinker by developing the ability to, to refrain from thinking. <laughs> then you have the balance in your life. Two dimensions, you be suddenly become aware of two dimensions in you. There's two of you. There is the form, identity of you, your body, your personality, your history, the person of who you are. And then there is a dimension of depth in you. There's a presence, there's a deep presence, there's an awareness, there's a stillness, an aliveness, a spaciousness. That is a dimension that transcends thinking. Then you can use both. After a while, you're able to bring the two even together. At first, they seem separate states. You step out of thinking, and it's a great liberation. It's rising above thinking, not falling below thinking. You can do that when you go to sleep. You can do that when you go to the bar and have a few drinks. You fall below thinking. And here, the real spiritual practice is rising above thinking. And so you become familiar with that state of not thinking. And then your thinking becomes more fruitful, more creative, more original. You have occasionally original thoughts. Now, most humans don't have original thoughts, not a single one. All the thoughts that they have are learned thoughts from the conditioning of their mind. And then you, this is another way of putting it is to say it's the dimension of form and formlessness in you. There is the timeless essence of who you are, which is formless presence. And for a little while, there is you as this particular form, which is fine too, which has its place too, which is to be also acknowledged and honored and looked after and accepted, including its imperfections. You don't demand that you as this form identity should become this perfect being, perfect body, perfect looks, perfect articulation, perfect everything. It's not going to happen. Well, if it does happen, it won't last for very long because this body is impermanent and this personality is impermanent. The person is impermanent, but with, underneath the impermanence is hidden something deeper and timeless. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. And so to sense that in yourself, that is liberation, so that eventually your sense of identity is not derived anymore from the person, although the person is acknowledged and honored, but you realize that's not really who you are. Really who you are is the, the presence. And that's what the Buddha tried to point to, that's what Jesus tried to point to, the Buddha calls it emptiness as the essence, but I, I would suggest another translation of that term, I would suggest spaciousness or formlessness. And Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven, what is heaven? Heaven is the sky. It's another word for sky. Now what's the sky? Spaciousness. In this sense-perceived world, the closest you can get to that inner dimension in the sense-perceived world is to look at the sky because the sky is both something and nothing. The sky seems to be something, but it doesn't actually exist as something because you could never find it. Even if you went up in a rocket, you could never say, oh, I, here's the sky. Before you know it, you're beyond it, and where was the sky? So all the sky is is vast spaciousness, formlessness. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he talks about the dimension of spaciousness. Kingdom means dimension in modern terminology. The dimension of spaciousness in you. Finding that is your salvation. What's the terminology? And the Buddha says, the emptiness is the essential reality of who you are, which means spaciousness. And finding that frees you from suffering. That is how suffering is transcended. It's all the same, just misunderstood. Jesus' words were more misunderstood than the Buddha's words, but it's all the same. And so you become a being that inhabits two worlds, the world of form here and the formless you live from the formless, and the formless lives through you and begins to express itself through you, and that is the greater consciousness, is universal consciousness that, that uses your brain to express itself through, uses you to express it. So you, you are a focal point of consciousness in this world, the world consciousness, universal consciousness, every human, what looks like a human being, is a focalization of a universal consciousness. That's me. And then you're gone. Consciousness coming through. And another consciousness coming through. And all, all over the planet consciousness in billions of forms like sparks of the divine light up and die down 
the one. It's the one appearing as the many, and it's the one consciousness growing, manifesting itself more fully in this dimension. It comes from another dimension where there's no time and no development, that's okay. But in this dimension, it manifests more and more fully. It wants to come in for some reason. And that's the destiny of the world. There's a transmutation happening, and gradually, of course, you are part of that, the entire so-called physical universe is being transmuted through consciousness, and then let's not go too far. We don't need to step too many steps ahead, just one or two at a time. So you need to just realize that there is infinitely more to you than who you are as a person. And whatever your situation is like on a personal level, whether your life is a great success or a huge failure, and those two things are of course narratives in your mind, they're not a reality. You can have the narrative, I am the greatest, I am the master of the universe, or I, I will be the, you'll see, I'll be the master of the universe. Whether it's a great success or a great failure, those are just narratives in your mind. But whatever it is, ultimately, it doesn't matter all that much. What you have achieved or failed, there's one true achievement, and that's how much consciousness expresses itself through you at this moment. And you could have failed at everything, you could have messed it all up, whatever you did, let's assume. Whatever you did in life always turned out into a huge mess. You messed up the whole thing. <laughs> let's take that extreme. There may be some of you who have that idea in the head, I messed up completely. Well, you did, so why are you here? Why are you here? Well, I'm here because I, oh, how conscious are you? If all your messing up brought you to a point of spiritual awakening, which means you're conscious at this moment and you know yourself as consciousness, that means at this moment, in and through you, the universe has become conscious of itself because that's who you are. You are the universe becoming conscious of itself, obviously. You're an essential part of the universe and you are becoming conscious as the universe. And that's an amazing thing. So whatever happens or does not happen on a personal level may be important to the person. And of course, it's good to do the best you can on a personal level. But ultimately, your life, your success in life or failure is determined by how much consciousness comes through you into this world. How do you look at something? What is your consciousness when you look at another human being and interact with another human being? When you speak, how much presence is there? How much are you aligned with the present moment, being able to accept the isness of things and yet being capable of action, but not reaction? That's what matters. So your success or failure, if you even want to use those terms, as somebody once said, it's good to make 
plans and have goals because otherwise how would you know that you failed? <laughs> Success and failure are concepts, of course, in your mind, but it is possible, of course, that every situation that you went wrong in your life, and yet you're here now. You might even be in prison. You might be listening to this in prison. Hopefully, there are people who either at this moment or in some other now, the one now, are listening to this in prison. Your conscious now, that determines your success as a human being. But you no longer say, I am conscious, because that's a conceptual identity again. So you have to be aware of the ego coming in through the back door and claiming something, constructing another conceptual identity for yourself. And it has happened to some spiritual teachers who became free of ego and became a channel for presence to come through. And after years of being bombarded with projections of their disciples, especially if they lived in ashrams and never met any other human beings except their disciples, and they're being bombarded with projections of specialness, you are the greatest. We believe that you are the greatest because you're our teacher. And after a few years, the, their mind succumbs to that belief that, oh, that's actually true, I am the greatest. That I'm the greatest that ever lived and ever will live. That's me. And then you enhance your form identity. If one day you see, my, you see me walk on stage in a golden robe, <laughs> then you know it's happened to me. <laughs> and then my request now that I'm conscious is, please let me know. It's good to give people around you permission to let you know when they see that you have lost yourself again in some form of ego. And when they do let you know, and they tell you your partner or friend or relative tells you, isn't that your ego talking? Or isn't that your pain body talking, your ego? If then you say, what are you talking about? My ego, you should look at yours. <laughs> That means they were right, it's your ego. <laughs> but when you say, if they tell you that and you say, really? Well, I have to look into that. And you put, your attention goes within. Because they may be right. And then you either say, no, it wasn't ego. Or you realize, yeah, you're right, it, it was. So that means there's presence there. Either that then somebody says that's your ego, it can either suddenly, if they were right, lift you into presence, or you can clearly see, no, it's not. It's better not to tell the person, even if you believe that could be that person's ego, you don't have to tell them that. So realize who you are in your essence and honor and be compassionate with who you are on the level of the person. Be in the two worlds, the world of formlessness and the world of form. 
being and doing. Thinking is also doing. So you have the two dimensions and then you bring them together. That's the ultimate way to live. That means even while you think and even while you do things and even while you talk to people, there's always a sense of underlying presence. So they no longer have separate moments, although initially this is vital. You no longer have separate, this is, I'm now present and then I'm totally in my mind again. Now I'm present and I'm totally in my mind again. And the two come together, you talk to somebody and you listen before you reply, you're listening to the person and you can sense the awareness in you listening. As you sense the awareness in you, you can sense the awareness or the consciousness in the other person. And when you can sense the other person, when you can perceive the other person not only as a physical body, not only as a psychological entity that makes up the person, but when you can sense the underlying consciousness in that person, and you can only sense that because you can sense your consciousness, and ultimately it's not yours and it's not his or hers, it's consciousness. When you can sense another person as consciousness, that means you love them. That's the deeper meaning of love. It's the recognition that the other person, in essence, is one with who you are. So ultimately, the only personal being you ever love is yourself. <laughs> and you see yourself everywhere. That is the deeper meaning of self-love, not the egoic self-love, but the recognition of the other as yourself. And not only the other human, you can also look at a dog and recognize, when you look into the eyes of a dog, you recognize the consciousness of the dog looking through those eyes. And although it's lovely to the touch, you can touch a dog and it feels lovely, and the joy of the dog transmits itself to you, that wagging tail, and you feel joyful for a moment and forget about your problems for a moment. But really, what you love in the dog when you look at the dog is the consciousness of the dog because you see it's just an exp a different expression of this, the consciousness that you also are. So even in the dog you meet yourself. And that's why you, you can love the dog more easily in many cases than another human because there is less in the way. There's less mental obstruction. The dog does not have a conceptual mind that judges you. It just loves you to be there. And when the dog looks at you, there's no conceptual mind activity in the dog. Consciousness, yes. But there's no scent, no formulation in the mind that says, I wonder, do you really love me? <laughs> Are you going to feed me tonight? <laughs> I don't like the way you looked at me yesterday. <laughs> no, there's not as much consciousness as in a human, but it's less obstructed. So sometimes it seems there's more than in a human. But in the dog, there's not the obstruction of the conceptual mind. So the being, you can have access to the being of the dog more easily than you can have access to the being of a human.
But when you do have access to the being of the human, to the consciousness of the human, it's a beautiful realization. And that is where true love resides and arises. So as we finish for tonight, please enjoy for the rest of the days here, meeting yourself in many different disguises called other human beings. And when you interact with yourself in the disguise of other human beings, realize that there are the two levels to the other human being. There's a form and there's the underlying consciousness. Ultimately, they are one in the same way that the ripple on the surface of the ocean is one with the ocean and just seems to have an independent existence for a little while. So when you look at another human being, there's the form. That human being is a ripple on the surface of the ocean of consciousness in the same way that you are a ripple on the surface of the ocean of consciousness, or if you are a VIP, you are a wave <laughs> on, the, on the surface of the ocean of consciousness, and realize that that ripple that you are interacting with is not only a ripple, but is also the ocean. And you are not only a ripple or a wave, you are also the ocean of consciousness and as that you are meeting yourself and then you don't need to always immediately react judgmentally to the way in which the person the ripple how the ripple behaves whether you like that particular ripple or you don't like that particular ripple from the from the level of your ripple nature <laughs> doesn't really matter that much anymore because you realize that there's so much more there than the ripple. And once you sense that, then even the ripple, as in its ripple nature, looks beautiful because the entirety of the ocean ultimately expresses itself through it, shines through it, and you can sense that as yourself. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.